Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Samir Desai, and I want to thank you for joining me today. Our focus today is on investing and savings for physicians. So we all know that physicians are high earners. In fact, studies show that physicians are in the top 2% of earners. So even though that's the case, we have a lot of evidence to indicate that many of us are not saving enough for retirement. I want to share with you the results of a study done by Fidelity Investments. This was a study of physicians and their investment practices. And although there's a lot of data from the study which I find fascinating, I want to give you just a few figures that really stood out to me. So the first one is that 48% of physicians in the study were found to be saving less than the Fidelity recommended savings rate of 20%. And a similar percentage, so almost half of physicians, were not maximizing their contributions to qualified workforce plans. And what's nice about this study is that researchers gathered additional information. So they looked for reasons why things like this were happening. And what they found uh, was that there are a number of reasons, but there were two that really stood out to me. One was a lack of confidence of financial matters, and the second was a lack of awareness of financial matters. So when I saw this, I said to myself, I really need to bring an expert on board to talk us about these important issues. And that's what I have done today, and that's why I'm excited to introduce you to Arvind Malik. Thanks, Samir. It's great to be on your podcast. Uh, my name is Arvind Malik. I am a managing partner of KMF Investments. Uh, it's a, an investment partnership based on the principles of value investing started in 2008. Uh, we have many physicians in our partnership, so I want to provide uh, my insights and observations that I've gathered over the years. Absolutely, Arvind, and that's why we're so delighted to have you here today. Uh, there's so much that we can learn uh, with respect to finances and investing. And I want to start by talking about compounding, and, and you're a real big proponent of the power of compounding. Could you describe what you mean by compounding? Sure, Samir. So the most successful investor, really, of the past century, especially the last 50 years, is Warren Buffett. Once Buffett was asked about how he built up his great fortune, which is now more than $70 billion, uh, he replied, life is like a snowball. The important thing is finding wet snow on a really long hill. I find that's a pretty nice analogy. Even a little snowball of steady savings gathers lots of momentum and becomes huge as it rolls down a long, long hill, well, which, by which he means long time horizon. Well, you know, Arvind, how much I love quotes from Warren Buffett. I think there's uh, nuggets in everything that he says. And so I want to put this in practical terms for our listeners. So how can we break that down? Sure. So let's break it down to, into three simple inputs, which drive your eventual savings. The first is the amount that you save each year. Secondly, the rate of return that you get after taxes. And third, the number of years that you save. So just as an example, if you saved $40,000 every year at a 10% rate of return after taxes and kept doing this for 25 years, you would have $4 million. So in effect, you socked away about a million dollars and turned it into $4 million. That's an example of the magic compounding over a long time horizon. Now, Arvind, what about the age at which you start this process? Does that make a difference, and how much of a difference can it make? Let's develop the example we just talked about. Suppose you started the savings process just five years later, and so you just had 20 savings years rather than 25. 
if you do the math, you would have just $2 million in savings rather than $4 million. So your savings would really get cut in half, which is a dramatic effect. To make up for losing just those five years out of the 25, you need to double the amount you save each year. Now let's take it a step further and look at the effect of the rate of return. If your returns were just 4% after taxes rather than, rather than the 10% that we assumed earlier, the ending savings would be cut in half again. Wow, Arvind, that's a very, very powerful example. And so tell me, why is this particularly important for physicians? Doctors invest precious years in developing their skills and their earnings power through medical school, residency, and maybe fellowship, which is really also a type of compounding if you think about it. But their opportunity cost has been time. So they should really start saving and investing seriously right away. So, so far we've been talking about the rate of return after taxes, right? That's right. Uh, taxes are really important, uh, you know, especially for high income professionals like physicians. They also pay higher tax rates. Now, taxes are a very big drag on returns, and you saw the effect that going from 10% to 4% cut savings in half. So this is something that physicians really need to be mindful about. And so they should really take the time to understand the benefits of tax advantage programs like 401ks offered by employers, 403b plans, 457s, and IRAs. All of these programs are basically ways for physicians to grow their money with less drag from taxes. Well, Arvind, uh, on another podcast, I definitely want to talk to you about 401k plans and IRAs. I think that's uh, a topic of, of great interest to our listeners. But I want to go back to uh, compounding. And I want to ask you, you know, you believe that in our current financial climate that compounding is even more important. And why is that? Well, you know, most listeners uh, will remember that uh, back in 2008, we had a major financial crisis and recession. And you know, the, the global financial system really came crashing down in that time period. And to bail out the banks, uh, to help the economy recover, governments in the US and really countries around the globe began a policy of really low interest rates. Interest rates were put down to 0% for many, many years. And in fact, in some foreign countries, such as Europe and Japan, interest rates actually became negative. And that's something that's never really happened before in recorded history. Uh, and I'm sure everybody listening has also noticed that they have not been earning any yield on their bank savings account for nearly 10 years. Uh, we've called this a war on savers. Arvind, I've become painfully aware about this concept of war on savers. So with regards to war on savers, what do you think the effect of that has been? Well, since savers have been earning nothing on the cash in their bank savings account, they've really become desperate to get some sort of yield uh, and return on their investment. And so there's really been a flood of money that has flowed into assets. And this flow of money has pumped up the prices of most assets, whether you, the stock market, bonds, real estate, and really many, many other asset classes. Bonds in particular have become really overpriced. You might even call it a bubble. Uh, at today's prices, uh, bonds will really have a hard time even keeping up with inflation. Now with these rising prices, uh, it's really been great for those who invested in these assets over the last few years. But the flip side really is that going forward, these assets are pretty expensive, so they'll uh, well beyond their fair value, and that means that they're poised for lower future returns. 
Um, there's still some good opportunities out there, but they're much harder to find than they used to be. So with that being said, Arvind, what types of financial decisions do you think physicians should make based on this? Well, as I mentioned, the economic environment is one of low prospective returns in terms of what can be expected going forward. This has many, has many implications. The first is that if expected returns are lower, physicians need to plan to save more and for longer. Uh, that's just the math we discussed earlier. Based on this, most people should probably plan to save at least 20% of their gross income. So that's the target we're aiming for, 20% of our gross income. Do you feel that people are achieving this savings goal? Not based on the statistics that I see. Unfortunately, most people in America have not saved nearly enough. Uh, and this combination of low savings and the expected lower rates of return going forward is really setting the stage up for a major retirement crisis, uh, especially given the aging population and uh, demographics uh, in the United States and other de developing countries, developed countries. So as physicians then, we really have to guard against low savings. But another pressing concern that a lot of physicians have has to deal with debt. So what would you say to physicians that are really struggling with large amounts of debt? Student loan debt is really a topic that I get asked a lot about. I'm sure you as well, do as well, Samir. Um, the aspect that physicians need to think about is compare the expected returns from investments with the interest rate that you're getting or you're having to pay on your debt. And so if you have high interest rate debt, it might make sense to prioritize debt pay down in times where investment return expectations are lower. Are there times where you have to adjust your investing philosophy or practice? Yes, it's really important to be nimble, especially in volatile markets such as those we face uh, uh, going forward. Um, you need to be nimble enough to respond to changes in the financial climate. So if asset prices fall, say the stock markets or bond markets decline, you've got to keep in mind that, that what that means is that future return expectations actually go up. At that point, it makes sense to change your strategy and prioritize investment over paying down debt. Unfortunately, most people do the opposite and they get scared when stock prices fall. Emotions take over rationality. You know, one of the other great Warren Buffett quotes uh, is, be greedy when others are fearful. Be fearful when others are greedy. And that's a great contrarian and rational mindset that is really crucial to being successful in investing. Shifting gears a bit, I, I want to ask you about lifestyle creep. Can you define this term for us and the impact that this can have on finances with respect to physicians? Yes, lifestyle creep is really one of the biggest barriers to building savings. As their incomes rise, lots of professionals tend to increase their spending rapidly as well. What used to be considered luxuries become necessities for them. This is especially true for physicians because they have large step changes in their compensation. Because they've been scrimping by during residency salaries, many of them don't really build up a regular savings habit. And so when their incomes go up, uh, they experience a huge pent-up surge in their spending. So how can we as physicians avoid lifestyle creep? So the key objective here is to really slow down how quickly your spending grows relative to your income. 
And a good tactic is to develop the mindset of pay yourself first. So instead of thinking about savings as whatever is left over after your spending is done, turn that upside down. So think of spending as what you do after the saving is done. And so you can make savings the first bucket of where your in income goes. And so as your income grows, make that savings bucket the lion's share of where the higher income that you're getting goes into. So we really need to think about savings before spending. That's right, and the more you automate your savings, the better, so that you don't have to keep repeatedly making the decision to draw on your willpower to save each time. So if you automatically contribute as much as possible every month to your retirement plan, such as a 401k or 403b at work, and you can also make automatic transfers to your brokerage account so they can put cash to work in investments, whether you choose to do th so through mutual funds or an advisor. Are there any other benefits to automating your investing? Yes, there's really another big benefit to this kind of steady, automatic approach to saving and investing. It also makes you a lot less emotional about investing, and that's important. So if you're investing month in, month out, steadily, you're actually exploiting volatile markets. You know, keep in mind that over an investing lifetime of 25 years or more, there are going to be many booms and busts. On average, there's been one every five years. So in fact, uh, investors should wel welcome down markets for the opportunities that they provide for creating superior returns. So the steady savings, which is also known as a dollar cost averaging approach, is one of the most useful concepts in savings, and I hope we'll have an opportunity to discuss that in some of your future podcasts, uh, Samir. It really ties very nicely with our earlier discussion about compounding. Well, that's great, Arvind. Thank you so much for this very informative and enlightening discussion. Uh, we're going to do more of this in future podcasts, 